Welcome back to Quick Save, the comic book nation gaming segment where we are doing weekly recaps of Halo Season 2. Joining me once again is my co-host on all things comic book nation, Mr. Matthew Aguilar. And today we are reviewing, or not reviewing, we are recapping Halo Season 2, Episode 2, Sword. And... It was directed once again by Dubs Patter Debs Patterson. Oh man, you can tell him my talking is being so good this week. It was directed <laughs> by Debs Patterson, the director of uh, the Halo season two premiere, which we talked about extensively last week. Go back and check that out on QuickSafe if you have not yet on the Comic Book Nation feeds. And it was written by Amadou Garba. So we are back, uh, Matt. It's good to see you again. Program note, subscribe to Comic Book Nation on all things uh, podcast and on our Comic Book Nation YouTube page. And if you saw our first quick save Halo Season 2 recap, you know we had an extra special guest in the form of Master Chief himself. Master Cheese, I said. Master Chief himself, Pablo Schreiber. I told you the talking is doing so good today. <laughs> uh, Matt has been talking with the cast and crew of Halo Season 2, and I believe we have another special guest for you this episode. Yeah, we're going to be talking to executive producer Kiki Wolfkill today and all about Season 2, getting into all the spoilers of Episode 2 as well. Awesome. So here we go. Obviously, we said it the first time, but if you clicked on this, this is a Halo Season 2 recap episode it's kind of hard to do without spoilers should be obvious but this is the internet so just in the sake of fairness spoiler alert we are going to be jumping into halo season two episode two sword um all right maddie so we were really uh high on the season two premiere uh full disclosure this paramount owned uh podcast we were uh pretty forgiving not because of the company obviously that's a joke but because we just thought we were never hardcore, like, I mean, we were hardcore Halo gamers, but, like, not into the lore, into right. the storyline as much. You and I were both the running gun types. We just wanted to shoot things and take out people on those big battlefields and have a good old time with some rocket launchers. So we kind of were more open to the idea of Season 1 being able to play with the lore, you know, change some things, expand some things, take off a helmet or two, which went against Matt's religion orig originally. <laughs> but he's done a lot of personal work, and he's come around on this subject. Uh, he was a helmetist for a very long time. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, so people were up in arms that. But we were kind of like, okay, but we're cool with that if the show cooks. Now, we were also very upfront and clear that after that midpoint episode with that fantastic battle – Things quickly went downhill and kind of the back half of season one was rough to get through um, from the Master Chief getting busy to this, the finale that looked like it ran out of a budget halfway through to just all the kind of muddled developments and where the season ultimately left things. We were just like, OK, yeah, this was rough, but we saw hope in season two and the season two premiere did give us like, as I think we both said that. At the very least, it gave us a great battle sequence, and it went through a lot of kind of lingering things from season one and gave us a pretty clear vision for where season two was headed with some intrigue. All right, the question now is we're at episode two, where obviously the initial th you know thrust of, season of episode one is done, and you got to get into more of the rhythm of the season. 
I will say that I believe this episode, I mean, it is significantly slower than than episode one. Uh, you and I both got to screen episodes one, two, three, and four, I believe. Is that right? That is correct. All right. So I believe I'm not spoiling anything or, or talking out of turn by saying in terms of just raw action, this is one of, I think this is the slowest episode of The Batch. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of where the test is because this is very much a moving the game pieces episode, right? It's all about deepening our understanding of the character connections, where they're at and like what's going on with them and what their, in, what their interpersonal and interior conflicts are. So as we move into this season, um, so we spend a lot of time, most of the time in this episode, uh, the majority is, being at kind of, you know, USMC HQ and just seeing what the Spartans are doing and how they're training and how they're kind of getting along in the post-chip era and how, uh, I always want to call him Brother Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Ackerson. Ackerson and like how Ackerson is fitting into this, which is a much bigger story, a subplot of this episode is who Ackerson really is and what kind of, in all the levels of games he's playing, right? He does the scene with Kai where she's kind of like doing the thing. Cause we talked about him in episode one and Matt, you kind of alluded to like how wonderful he is at like using conversation and this pompous smarmy attitude, but like really kind of really working and having kind of that devil's tongue that can really cause and cause some trouble by just talking, even when up against big strapping dudes like master chief. Um, and we saw that in that scene with Kai, right? Like, and we said it's so great because he's never like so arch or evil. You you don't know kind of where he's going with this, but yeah, he's just pressing her and asking her things that seemingly on the surface seem like concerning questions. Is he okay? Is he doing okay? But it's like, is this guy trying to find a way to kind of shut Master Chief down? Right? Like, right. And so you're getting these kinds of scenes, and I think I'm not being devil's advocate. I know no matter what I say right now, there's a bunch of people screaming into the comments or into the void of Twitter or whatever. Oh, this is so slow. This is so boring. This is uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, they're going to be saying that no matter what. But I right. think it for me, as a person who likes TV, as a person who likes prestige TV or even genre TV taken to a prestige level like Andor or something, and I'm not comparing these two, I'm just saying it was important to have an episode that shows that even when we slow things down, right? Like we still have a competent hand on the wheel. We still know how to make compelling TV and we still have a purpose and a direction for what we're doing here, which is something I still think Halo needs to prove in season two. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that this was a pretty fine example of like a bottled episode of just character development, yep. like a game of Thrones, right? Um, there were core kind of motifs, the, the test with, uh, What's her name and trying to pushing her physical oh, Riz. limits? Yeah. Riz. Yeah, you are so down on these Spartan names, man. Every week you're just like, I got it. You're like, Varus, Riz, Panic and Riz. <laughs> well, okay, Manic, but Riz it goes. Yeah. But it goes to that. It, it goes to that exact thing, right? Of we talked about it in the first episode where like they, that group is going to become this very important, well developed, like they need to be well developed. You have to care. And this Riz is like this half this episode is a focus on her. Yeah. And if that doesn't hold up and you you aren't interested or invested in 
that her arc, then it's not going to work, right? It's not going to work for anybody else. Like we, we, we can't just go from big battle to big battle. We have to be able to care about the people in between and man, like this, that from that conversation with Kai to Kai's also subtle questioning of chief wondering, you know, she's still, she's concerned about Riz and they're back and forth. The whole thing with like Riz and, um, and I forget his name off the top of my head, but it's the other former Spartan, uh, that she talks to, uh, oh, yeah, and Tobias he's blind Whale from, uh, yeah, Tobias whale from, uh, from um, what you call it? Oh man, from uh, Black Lightning. Yes. Yeah. So I I Great forget answer. the character's name, so forgive me. But um, that whole, all of their scenes together are fantastic, and you're invested in what she's going through, even in the bigger, like you know, outside trials area. You're you're invested uh, in her and them. So um, I was to, just, just impressed. Just to give us proper credit. Sorry to interrupt you. Just so no, no, you're good. Lambasted. It is Black History Month. He is Marvin Jones the third, uh, fantastic actor. Marvin Jones the third, and he is playing a character named Louis Thirty Six. Louis okay. Zero Three Six. Um, um, yeah, former Spartan, now left blinded. Yeah, I mean, Xen, like though that's like this was just a guest spot, and he might have a recurring role later on in the season. But like, just even as a guest spot, it shows like what these showrunners of halo are are now doing these new creative team like you go and you get an actor like marvin jones the third who is a standout in everything he's ever been in whether he's playing tombstone and into the spider-verse or black lightning where he just like held that show down yeah, he for, <laughs> he was awesome for pretty show. much the the whole thing like he is somebody with a gravitas to make even that small role so important and to hear that story, like that's more moving than just about anything I saw in Halo Season One was him yeah. telling the story of you know his last fading days of sight and him just wanting to see the Spartans. And again, it makes the Spartans who are, you know, whether you want to argue it about it or not, are the iconic image of Halo. The, this group of we have them being real, but we also understand their mythology. And I thought that scene was a great scene to do that. And yeah. I thought it was kind of, but for me, it was also, I say that to say, because, you know, I give you a hug with one hand, but a slap with the other. It was diametrically opposed to something I felt like, oh boy, I feel like we're slipping back into classic bad Halo things, was um, the scene, the sequence with Perez and her family. Oh, boo! Uh, <laughs> oh, that seems oh, fantastic. I don't know what you're oh, talking here about. There we go. There we go. Let's boo go. that Let's mess. <laughs> Take off the no, no, I'm with you. Hey, anybody listening who's screaming, Oh, that was some waste of time, boring. I'm with you on that. Like that kind of thing. I mean, that was literally somebody telling us, you know, what legends the Spartans are. And I get it. Master Chief is sitting there, and him and Talia Perez are both thinking like none of the things they're saying match up. It's the it's the military thing, right? It's the thing yeah. like where they're listening to people talk so fondly about these heroic things when they both know what the battlefield was like. I get that, but I just thought it was too long of a scene for what little it accomplished and like i don't feel like perez and that whole thing was important enough to spend that much of time and the brothers were kind of annoying oh, come on, oh i love them on. i loved them so much okay oh. the scene where he says he's like oh i almost almost wet myself that i laughed so hard at that whole, that whole sequence because chief plays it you know pablo plays that so deadpan like he just he just 
doesn't even show any dirt. And then he just shows a subtle smirk at the end. I love the mom who comes out. Oh, and she's yeah, she like, great. You're a, you're, you're a giant, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many love. There's so many moments in there. Uh, that no, I, I love, you know, I the, love the mother. She was great. I mean, she was she, but she conveyed it. She was like, you come into our home because, you know, you saved our girl's life. Yeah. Like your, your thing. And I, and I thought for a moment, that's where we're going. Like chief feeling human emotion, you know, the, the thing of family and what it should be like and, and having people concerned about you and what a difference he makes and how one life is that important. But instead we got like a lot of, are you screwing jokes? And I was just like, good Lord. I don't think this show should ever again bring up anything with master chief possibly getting busy in the sheets i think we should avoid that fair enough at all costs like fair enough. don't bring it up don't remind us just yeah um no so i think i think you and i are opposed i thought that was in these first two episodes i think that was the only time where i was just like okay i don't need to be here right now but <laughs> I could, if it, if I, maybe there's a whole sec I can't see like I'm not on online. We are doing these pretty, pretty reactively soon. So I don't know what the discourse on Twitter is yet. I could get cooked on this whole thing. People might be sharing that. It might be by maybe a whole meme of people thinking it's funny. Who knows? But uh, I'm just betting that they're with me on this. But um, other than that, I I thought that they did a, a good job with the rest of the episode. I thought the Riz I liked having a subplot motif with Riz and the climbing the mountain and her struggles in what Chief says because they did a good job of him. It seems like he's just being a D the whole time. And then when he finally breaks down like what he's doing and he's like, we're preparing because they're out there preparing. You're like, oh, man, like, yeah, this is this is the serious stuff we're doing. This is our Rocky montage, right? Yeah. And we got to get to that big thing, right? Because, I mean, when you hear, you know, the Covenant, they're they're at reach like that's. That's huge, right? That's one of those things like we talk about with, you know, what is it? You know, Secret Invasion got thrown around the Marvel, you know, cinematic universe and everyone flipped out, right? Like, oh my God, Secret Invasion. Whatever that turned out to be is not what I'm trying to point to. The fact that that the name holds weight, Reach holds significant weight. It's a huge turning point in the war and, and in the story and everything, right? So the fact that we're leading to that, I thought the intro to that was awesome i thought the way they did it we talked about it a lot in the first episode of like playing with shadow and playing with you know um not being able to fully see your enemy and things and and using that to its advantage um but i just thought also just the fact that like chief is the reasons why chief and the crew are heading there the discourse between them of not everyone being on the same page because kai really feels like something's not right because she knows him and then also the fact of just like the covenant are invading reach like all that stuff that's a hell of a finale to that to that episode yeah no i mean yeah there's like i said there are weird stops to this but like yeah this one was good um i don't think mckay we we finally see mckay again uh fully this time in you know that whole thing do you think i i cuz the first time i watched the screener i didn't understand i think i kind of blanked out on the very end the last image with her finding the thing i still think halo thinks people are going to understand how this hits like you say a lot harder than a lot of people might so what do you want to say about that i think i think that's true of certain elements i think most people will most 
reach is one of those things that whether you're a casual fan or you're just like us like you know get into it i mean i just got into a warthog and like almost ran over my own team half the time right and throwing grenades like that's <laughs> the level of of fun and love i have for the franchise but like i wasn't super into the mythology i still know what reach is i still know why reach is important i still know that like that is just one of those kind of foundational elements so i think them saying that and teeing that up in that way will get the anticipation there uh what i what i do though say is that there are still pieces missing to the to the the key part of things and that whole i i can clearly see people coming out and going like okay so i still don't understand like what exactly like her role is and like what that has to do with this like i like i can absolutely see the like those synapses not firing even though well, people are excited I... for one thing they don't necessarily know how that figures into it like i feel well, like that's, that's how was... it'll be that's kind of what I was referencing. I was just like, it's like, it's very ominous. She like yeah. stops the last guy dying. She tears off the door. She walks in and then there's a panel on the wall that she puts her hand up to. And then we cut to the credits and it's like, okay. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are going to still be like, like you said, like, sure. Uh, okay. I don't think there's a problem with the reach thing. We know that there's something big about to happen. Even right. if you don't know about reach, they're, they're heading off for a fight off books. So that's already something exciting for for anything, whether it's Reacher or Star Wars or whatever. Right. Anybody time the squad is going off book to do as Reacher so poignantly said is some cowboy ish. Like you know, <laughs> we're going we're going to get another a fun next episode. That that's that's yeah, that's thing. But I'm just saying, yeah, because this episode also has like I think that was like uh, the piece of the Halo or, or that has the Cortana unit and things mm -hmm. like the trying the kind of upside down triangle thing yeah. and again it took me a minute i had to be like okay wait and i had to go look it up because it's been a minute since i've seen season one or played the games and i had to be like okay what is that and i was like okay that's yeah that's cortana and everything and Acker, ackerman obviously has her doing this thing it has halsey in this kind of crazy matrix horror show that we got which is uh interesting stuff but um I feel like yeah some of the, when you get into some of that deeper tech spiritual mythology of halo they still need to maybe take some time to kind of really just lay it down for people in a basic way, like glowing thing, this, this thing, this, <laughs> this thing, that, like glowing thing, that. this. Yeah, like I mean, on the, but no, on I agree with you wholeheartedly. Basic level, like yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds dumb, but you need to do it for the no. dumbest. The dumbest IQ in the room has to be able to get it if you wanted to be like that popular of a TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I still think we need to get through some of that gobbledygook and, and just understand, like, yeah, this thing bad. If person touch this, this bad because, like, you know, just that basic kind of establishment. We got to get down a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no. man. But uh, all right. Uh, as we get down to the last portion of our discussion, uh, let's see. Was there a particular highlight for you in this? Uh, well, I'll say uh, I think they continue to still show good balance with things and making things exciting and making every character feel relevant and crucial. Even already, we just have Quan having like a chase sequence and things that like that. And her, yeah. And that was a great kind of thing. And, and there's stakes for her, uh, how she's getting looped in with Soren's son and everything what's happening with Soren's wife, trying to deal with him now not being there and the whole intrigue of that mystery and unraveling it. Like these are characters in the first scene. We're like, why do we have to follow them? And already I'm like, 
ooh, I hope that guy who's lying to her gets caught, and I hope she turns the tables on these guys who are coming back clearly lying and sold out her husband. And, yeah. and I hope she becomes a femme fatale, like Lady Macbeth type, and turns the tables on all of them and stuff. And so, yeah, it, it's yeah. It, it's kind of, uh, it's it's wild to to kind of see each character already feeling more important and, and accessible and interesting than in pretty much all of season one. Yeah, I care about Quan, Soren's I mean, family. Yeah, because Quan and Soren did get a ton of focus in season one. It's yeah, not it like we didn't get to know them, but it was just like, I already care more about them. I care about the son getting his dad back. I care about the wife holding it down and holding it together. I hope I care about Quan like evading her captors and getting back to being relevant in the show somehow. Like, you know, I care about all these things. So plus the Spartans are a good center point for when everything else is, you know, if it's not working, we still got the Spartan team who are yeah. getting more interesting by the minute. So I think we're still, even though in this slower episode, I think this episode did what it needed to do, which is to prove that there's substance to this show. We don't just need a halo battle sequence, right? We, we can actually form things. And I think arguably if they continue to, if this season progresses the way it is, I feel like I'll come out of it actually knowing something to associate with specific characters and things in the Halo franchise rather than just, you know, Master Chief Cortana and monsters. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're more the mindless ones, right? Um, yeah. So that's, that's, I agree. I think it's on the, the right track. And I, there was a lot to like here. It is slower. Um, the Halsey stuff is probably like my, I think, least favorite part of the episode. Um, just because I didn't, by the end, I didn't feel like, other than the meeting between Ackerson and, and Halsey, that moment, other than that, though, I really didn't feel like we moved that forward much uh, for as much time as as it gets. Uh, but what I did love was that we established that within, like, uh, within what, a not crazy big radius, uh, Halsey, uh, Cortana, and, like, Chief for, like, within the same area there he doesn't know that they're there you know what i mean but like yeah all the big players are literally in the same damn building <laughs> so like they don't know it but they're there and so that tees up something you know that will be i'm sure we we don't have to go 10 planets away to find halsey like no no when that moment happens that's going to be a big shock but it'll be immediate it, it it promises things in the future so that i was i was interested to see how they established that of like oh wow cortana's like literally in another room and yeah no. <laughs> yeah but it's also like a, a testament to who ackerman is and how he's much more like cia agent than anything else so it's kind of like it, it like he's willing to manipulate people and do that whole thing and uh, it's pretty nuts. And like you said, he has like the two most crucial things that all these people are looking for. And they're just right under their nose in the building. So that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty great. All right. Do we have anything else to say about this one? I defend the family scene. That's it. <laughs> you, but you would defend the family scene like you would do that. Like, it's very true. It's very true. It's yeah. right up my alley. That scene was like written yeah. for me. Uh, but no, but I, I'm really, I'm really happy with the way the show started. 
Uh, so I'm, okay. I'm excited. I want it to stay on track. That'll do it for our discussion of Halo Season 2, Episode 2, Sword. Be sure to join us next week for our discussion of Episode 3 here on Comic Book Nation's Quick Save. But before you get out of here, we have an interview with Halo Season 2 executive producer Kiki Wolfkill, conducted by our own Matthew Aguilar, where they talk about Season 2 as a whole and some spoilers from Episode 2. Matt Aguilar here from comicbook.com, and today we have a special episode of Comic Book Nation's Quick Save. We're going to be talking all things Halo, and who better to do that with, especially with episode two right here. We're going to be talking to executive producer Kiki Wolfkill. How are you? I am great. I'm great. We are so close. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when close this... to finishing the season. <laughs> We're still working on it. <laughs> Oh my God, it's amazing. So uh, when this, you know, airs and everything, we will have just seen episode two. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so we can, (laughs) yeah, we can definitely get into all the (laughs) specifics and everything that's happened. Uh, There's some some great things. I got, I kind of want to start though from the tail end of episode one, uh, Mm -hmm. because there is a, you know, episode one actually had several stellar shots. uh, But one of the coolest ones was, say, for the very end, that Covenant uh, Armada kind of coming up out of the clouds. And, yeah. you know, so far in just the first two episodes, it, obviously the Covenant were a huge threat and a big deal in season one. But I don't know what it is, but the first two episodes, it really feels like they've been given like a, there's an edge and a uh, lethality to them that like feels su- like substantially upgraded. Uh, and I don't know if that's part of the stakes, the tension, or why. Was that a focus coming in that you wanted to make them feel even more of a threat? Yeah, I think it's, um, we want to feel the motivation. Like there's something terrifying, right? When you know that there is something coming after you, right? And I think what we really tried to do as season two is take it from being this sort of abstract, we're all trying to get to the same place and have it be very much, we are, we are destroying you along the way. And by you, I mean, I mean, mankind, <laughs> humankind, <laughs> right? And so I think, I think what became important was having the covenant feel more focused and more motivated. And that's something that comes from, you know, the Halo game universe, right? Which is the covenant want to wipe out mankind. Like their mankind is in the way of their goal. Right. And so you're always feeling that really focused adversary. So that was important. And that shot you're talking about with the Covenant ships rising up is is literally my favorite shot from the show. Oh, really? It's yeah. Always yeah. Gorgeous. It just it's such a cool moment. And the execution on it was so good. And you just you feel it like you feel that terror. of Oh, my God, they're coming. Right. Well, and it, it too, it comes on the heels of, you know, things are not so great within uh the people trying to stop them right uh seen better times there's a new boss uh the old powers are very scattered and and in some ways we don't know what happened to them but episode two clears some of that up at least we get we get the return of halsey uh to the mix we you know see chief really start to explore um what Ackerson is doing because he just has his hands in everything. It seems a little bit Cortana. So for, for Ackerson kind of being at the center of this, um, what did you think of those, those interactions in episode two, we get him interacting with Cortana and really see like how he almost views her same with, with Halsey. What did you want to kind of emphasize most from those moments? 
Well, it's such an interesting contrast um, with with Halsey and Ackerson. With Halsey, you always felt that she'd done this sort of horrible thing, but that there was still this this sort of love she had for her for her Spartans, her creations. And I think with Ackerson, you see him really sort of objectify the Spartans, even Cortana more as tools, tools of the trade, not as not as uh, sort of the full full beings that they are. Uh, so it's super interesting to have Ackerson, you know, seemingly start to come up against Halsey because he's so smart and he's so shrewd and in some ways has those same motivations of, I want to, you know, this is for the war effort, but he comes at it from a very different way. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's sometimes a bit hard to see where his heart is and you, you, you understand him more as the season goes on. Uh, but he's a huge adversary and, you know, you have to ask yourself, is he right in how he thinks about these things? Of course, we don't feel that way, but uh, that's sort of the role of politics in wartime, which is equally terrifying to the covenant showing up, frankly. Well, that's one of the worst things about uh, new bosses, right, is when they make a point and you're like, <laughs> he has a couple of those, you know, you're like, you know, he's, you know, he's very um persuasive in those things of like, you know, coming from my side, like, what would you believe you? And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a man who from Canon actually comes from a combat background, right? He's seen where he's been there and now he's a politician and that, that becomes even scarier. Well, and what's, what's interesting too, about the, the first episode, we get to see not just what the Spartans are doing, but also other parts of the world, especially with Soren. But in this one, we really get a look at Quan and what's happening in a Soren-less place uh, without that power figure there. Um, and that's a, and it's a great uh, fight sequence. It's just you know a resourcefulness one, right? Uh, with some uh, some some ear uh, stuff that I was not <laughs> I was not expecting, uh, which was like I was like, oh my god, Al. <laughs> I uh, right. I got a little nauseous when I first got my ear pierced way back when, so that's where that came from. That but, um, <laughs> what can you uh, what can you tease about Quan and and her journey, and also where we kind of find her specifically in this episode? Well, when we when we left season one, you know, Quan was on Madrigal, and, and you know, she was taking up the mantle of leading her people and and ultimately protecting her people. And what we see coming into season two is Madrigal is gone. Madrigal is glassed. Uh, she's lost everything that the, the people she was there to protect who survived have become refugees, her among them. And so we find her in a very dark place where she's trying to reconcile essentially her feelings of failure uh, and, and, and what she deserves. And also, you know, clearly has been hardened by the experience. And so we, we see her again, giving us a window into what's happened in the outer colonies. And as, as this war gets closer to home uh, and that threat gets closer, um, we see the, the vestiges and, and, you know, all of the refugees were coming from glass planets, which we see gathering on the rubble. Yeah. Um, it's, and that was one of those things that really kind of lent, uh, when, when covenant move in, it's not just this, 
small thing. It's it's not a few people are hurt. It's it's a whole entire colony, or it's you know in some cases like a civilization. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. I feel like the season is getting across. And then you have something on the complete other end, as far as not as far as tone, but you know seeing Chief at a table with Cruz and the family is like one of my favorite it's already it's already in the thing for like one of my favorite scenes uh of the season it's gonna like it's gonna already sets a high bar uh one the sheer comedy of the family which i thought was great played against john's you know stoic <laughs> stoic kind of demeanor um the man this is a i think she says is a giant man this is a massive man yeah. first me it's, it's such a, there's so much there but also there's you know uh pushing forward of Cruz and 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 John's relationship and, and dynamic and like it's nice that someone believes him someone knows that that actually happened will we be seeing a lot more of that relationship as as time goes on and what was kind of the idea behind that scene kind of in the middle of everything else that's going on yeah I think that so we'll definitely see more of um uh a Perez Corporal Perez through the season because you know she 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 provides a marine perspective, and most importantly, in this scene, we see what life is like on reach, and we see what stands to be lost. And so, it's really important to sort of feel that warmth of of bonds. So it's not abstracted that a planet is destroyed. We we can feel really tangibly what's at risk um, in seeing the family. And of course, it's always great to see um, John uncomfortable, <laughs> uncomfortable with everyday life. Um, but no, Perez, is, Perez becomes important and, you know, they'll cross paths throughout the season for sure. Um, she's critical to, to, as you said, John sort of understanding what he saw uh, on Sanctuary um, and events are about to break open. Um, so that's something that they're going to, they're going to endure and, and, and get through um, together for a bit. Yeah, I, I hope uh, more of the, uh, the family reunions happen. Uh, those were some delightful scenes. But then, of course, we move into some, you know, there are a few, there's a couple of terms and there's a couple of names you say when it comes to Halo. Uh, and everyone, regardless of knowledge base on Halo, knows what they are or at least knows it's a big deal. And Reach, obviously, is one of those. Um, and, you know, I know there have been, uh, some teases coming into the season, but, you know, episode two, you know, the covenant are on reach. Like there's no way to, you know, there's no way to get around that. And we start to kind of move into that territory again. One, you know, was reach always going to be kind of a, a pivotal part of, of season two. And what can you kind of tell us about what this tease up and at the end of episode two? Yes. Reach was always, was always going to be a big part of season two. And I think, some of the discussions were around where in the season does it happen, right? And it's a super, you know, what we wanted to do was build the build the sort of tension leading up to it, but also we obviously know where we want to get to at the end of the season. And reach is a very important moment and event that leads to to getting to the Halo ring eventually. So it, it was very much about, A, how do we do it justice? How do we do it justice by giving it the time and space and execution detail it needs, but also 
you know, how do we lead into it, but not make it the end of the show, frankly, because the impact of what happens on Reach is so critical to our characters and to the story. We want to have time to explore what happens after as well. Oh, man, I, I think that'll be uh, it's it's music to Halo fans ears right there's a lot of anticipation built up around that uh the second season is already off to a great start so congratulations uh and of course i cannot wait to see the rest of the season and all the best success i thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us oh thank you for having me all right we want to thank halo season two executive producer kiki wolfkill for coming on the show and talking with us here at comic book nation quick save thank you to matthew aguilar for conducting that interview great job buddy thank you much all right, we got to get out of here. Be sure to subscribe to Comic Book Nation on all your podcast feeds. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartMedia. We will be back with another quick save regular segment this Thursday where we talk about actual gaming and, of course, another Halo recap next week when the episode is out. We are Kofi Outlaw and Matt Aguilar at Comic Book Nation, and we'll see you guys out there. Peace. <laughs>